And welcome into this edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network, also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. Denny Thompson out this week down in Fort Lauderdale for the high school football state championships. My man Joe Cowart of XL Primetime. You get us noon to three every day. You get us overtime this week on Gator Bites. Joe C., thanks for filling in. Hey, man, I appreciate the invite. Denny Thompson, where is he down? He's chasing some quarterback in South Florida right now. <laughs> All so. his quarterbacks are down there yeah. trying to win state championships. That's a good thing. I'll tell you who won a championship yesterday in the minds of Gator fans. What about Billy Napier and his first National Signing Day? Now, at about 2.30, 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon, there was some trepidation. But man, the way they finished yesterday, Joe, getting Kamari Wilson from IMG, breaking through that IMG wall. You get Shamar James to recommit. And then obviously early yesterday morning with Devin Moore, about as good as I think Gator fan could have hoped for yesterday during signing day. Yeah, I think people are used to the number 25. If you have a signing class, you're saying, okay, where are my 25 guys? Well, there aren't that many guys that are in this class, but you still have the finish at the early part of February, if it adds up to a good number. He needs to replace guys. He needs to find guys that he likes. But that's quality right there. I tweeted out yesterday, IMG, meet the Gators. Gators, (laughs) meet IMG. Because this is the first five-star in Kamari Wilson that has gone to Florida or pledged to go to Florida. And you and I talked about it on XL Primetime. This is a guy that was turned over the past weekend with his visit to Gainesville as a guy that really liked what Billy Napier was was selling him, what the Gator way was all about. And that is a huge get. He sees himself as a Kair Elam type of guy. He said that in one of his, uh, I think it was a Twitter or Instagram, Instagram post. This is a guy that you can build around. You can recruit off of going into that February uh, date. By all indications for Kamari Wilson, it was just- Georgia or Texas A&M until about 10 days ago mm-hmm. when Billy Napier got him on campus and Florida gets Kamari Wilson. Before we talk about the other guys, for people that don't know, the IMG factor. IMG Academy is a sports factory down in Bradenton, Florida, not just with football, but baseball, basketball, tennis. I mean, it is a sports school. You practice, you have study hall, and then you practice again. And the thing with IMG, it's not just kids from the state of Florida. Kids will come in from all over the country down there to fine-tune their craft. So, understandably, LSU gets a lot of kids out of there because a lot of kids from Louisiana play their senior year football at IMG. It's not just Florida kids. Wilson was a Florida kid from Fort Pierce, and the fact that Florida got him, again, huge coup for Billy Napier. He is going to try and come in and in a short amount of time, make you forget about Dan Mullen. That's his job. He's got to prove that he can coach, that he can win, that he can string together wins, but also what Dan Mullen did on the recruiting trail for the four years that he was here, I mean, he's made you forget about him with one five-star signing. This is a major, major step forward for him. And the way these players are at least vibing off of Billy Napier, I got to give him credit for just coming in and being very simple. This is what I want. This is what I like to do when I'm coaching. This is what I expect from you. And this is how I want Gators uh, to play, period. I, I think it's a very simple approach. And I think 
players are going to buy into this over time, especially if they go out there and put put a product on the football field that these players love. To me, it was, haven't had lately, right? And to me, it was twofold yesterday. Kamari Wilson and Devin Moore, you almost turned them. Devin Moore was a Notre Dame pledge that committed to Florida. Wilson committed to Florida after his visit. Shamar James was the interesting one. He was the last one of the night. He was committed to Dan Mullen. Mm -hmm. He decommits when Dan Mullen gets fired, when Todd Grantham gets fired. But for Billy Napier, not only to bring guys in, but to bring guys back, to get a James that left after Mullen was fired and to get him to come back, I thought was a great way for Napier to end signing day. You know what I think is a good – it's a good counter to the guys that have entered the transfer portal. If you think about the guys that uh, really over the last handful of days, Bogle makes some news by uh, committing to Michigan Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah. And and so those guys that left, and they weren't all necessarily tip-top players, but they entered the transfer portal, which means new coach – uh, you're going to have some losses. This is a great answer the bell type of signing by bringing back Shamar James, a linebacker. And you can look at the losses they've got. They've got a lot of areas that they need to kind of fill in the spots, and that was a key one right there for sure. And let's not kid ourselves, all right? They were still ranked, I believe, 50th in the 24-7 rankings. They were 77th at 3 o'clock yesterday oh, yeah. afternoon. Yeah, it was bad. These things change, and they'll change drastically, and I have no doubt Billy Napier is going to do some more damage in February, not only with high school seniors, but in the transfer portal. But I think what yesterday shows you is in 10 days' time, he got three top 250 players. Mm -hmm. What could this guy potentially do with an entire recruiting cycle. Yeah, yeah. You hope that there is a, like, where are the successes in, in the recruiting wars? They're in Athens. They're in Tuscaloosa. They're in Clemson. You can go to the other places where you know they're kicking butt. Up in Columbus uh, with Ryan Day. We know where they are. But what I want to see now is when you go into Florida's football facility is what his recruiting map looks like. What he's doing in dispatching his recruiters. Uh, Kerry Colbert, wide receivers yeah. coach, just hired. Uh, they made that introduction yesterday. He's a guy that's regarded as a good recruiter and developed some good wide receivers in his time at USC. They crossed paths back in, in at Alabama when I want to say Colbert was a GA there. Anyway, that's a guy that comes in. You give them the blueprint on the wall and you say, go get us guys. And if he's got the map and he's got the plan, he's going to be, he's going to do well. Today's Gator Bites podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for the highest quality care. You can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com and you can listen. For Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports. Hard to believe we're recording this on Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. One week from today, the Gators play a bowl game against UCF. We find out last night. It looks like Emory Jones is about to enter the transfer portal. Yeah. Your reaction, and we talked about it on primetime yesterday. We saw Bo Nix enter the portal. We saw Calzada from Texas A&M enter the portal. Johnson from LSU. A lot of quarterbacks in the SEC are already in. We said, what about Emory Jones? Well, last night we find out there's a report. Emory looks like he is entering the transfer portal. Your reaction to well, it? Well, I, 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 
I think that I was trying to figure out what Emory Jones was trying to figure out about himself. That's what I was thinking yesterday. And it's funny that, you know, timing's everything. We were bringing it up like, why hasn't he made that move? Well, there were a lot of guys that made that move, and it might have just kind of pushed him in that direction. But the other classy thing that Emory Jones is doing is he's playing in the Gasparilla Bowl. You've got to give him credit for doing that instead of he could have, like others, just go into a full pout and bolt and say, I'm out of here because I'm not in your plans, therefore I'm not going to help you. I give him credit for that. He likes his teammates. He liked his time there. When it's all said and done, he didn't get the job done. I think we both know that. He still completed about two-thirds of his passes. He won his share of football games, but he just didn't do enough to lock up that job. But think about this. You go to the transfer portal, you got Keaton Slovis in there, you've got Bo Nix in there, you've got... Calzada, like you mentioned, Spencer Rattler, Mac Johnson, don't forget about him, Dylan, Dylan Gabriel, who I guess is bound for Ole Miss. Yeah, and Rattler to South Carolina. Yeah, Rattler. So at least a couple of those spots have already been taken up. But that dude, that is a lot of uh, quarterback talent that's sitting out there. Cameron Ward and a couple of other guys that are still looking for spots as to where they're going to go. Well, to that point, all right, so if Emory goes in the portal, all right, so that leaves Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. As of right now, you have Del Rio and you have Kitna, who have never played a snap in college football. Florida's going to need to go in the portal and get somebody, right, for insurance if Anthony Richardson were to go down or something, heaven forbid, happens. Yeah, Miles Brennan's another guy that that you might be able to at least – Billy Napier's familiar with Miles Brennan. You might be able to go in there and at the very least take a look at who's available, what their options are, what you're willing to offer them. We don't know uh, the the two recruits that – Dan Mullen brought in sitting there at that quarterback position. We don't know what Billy Napier has in store for them, but a guy like Miles Brennan may make some sense. Change the scenery, go from the purple and gold to the orange and blue. You never know. Do you um, get anything out of next Thursday's bowl game? Is that a simple uh, – well, I, I said this to Denny. It's one of those things where if you win, you're supposed to. Yeah. It's UCF. If you lose, it's a big story because you lose to UCF. I uh, – I, I've, I'm, I'm on the UCF side of this because UCF is dying to get a little respect. Gus Malzahn's got an opportunity to coach through the Gators to his team. The game's sold uh, out, too, in Tampa. Yeah, there's a lot of Gators that are down there. There's a lot of UCF nights that want to be able to see this game, and it's coming later on. They've, they've been able to put the, the schedule together, a two-and-one uh, between the schools. But it is it is a classic, you can win if you beat them. You're going to lose no matter what if you're on the Gators' side. But for the Florida Gators... They need to send a message to Billy Napier that they're tuned in. And even though he's not going to be part of the proceedings, just the fact that they're tuned in and they're going to go into the new year with a plan to hit the weights, to stay in shape, to to work together as a team without the coaches being around. Those are the types of things that he needs to instill in them before they head off after this bowl game. He is Joe Cowart. And for Denny Thompson, I'm the Hacker Ryan Green, Gator Bites Podcast, 1010XL.com. I want to get into uh, the biggest story in Northeast Florida today. We'll get in there one moment. Last piece of, uh, as far as present-day Gator news, mm-hmm. basketball team concerning at all, 6-0, and now all of a sudden 7-3, and including Whatever that was against Texas Southern, you lose a heartbreaker to Maryland. Where are you right now with Mike White? Well, I like what Mark Wise, uh, one of the analysts in the college basketball world, was a longtime radio analyst on the Gator Sports Network. He said that that Texas Southern team, talented, deep, and might be regarded as a better team at the end of the year, and he would view that as a quad three loss instead of quad four loss. A lot of transfers they have, yeah. Yeah, and they're, but they're a, they're a quality basketball right. team. And then Maryland, Maryland going through all this you know, tumult trying to figure out what's going on, coaches relieved and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what happened there, but there's 
there's a couple of clear and obvious things that have haunted Florida for a while and they continue to haunt them is there's not enough shooters that will basically take the game out of other people's hands by hitting big shots. They have a couple of guys, McKissick, who I'm a fan of. He throws up a lot of shots. He needs to hit more than he misses. And those types of guys, it looked like in the beginning of the year, were going to be you know, the storyline for Florida. Now they're kind of cooling off a little bit. They better be able to turn the corner and get back to being hot in league play. Stop watching Castleton get the rebound. Go get yeah, it yourself. Yeah, Give the yeah, big man yeah. some help yeah. and down they, there. And there are more big bodies down low, but still, they, they I agree with that. They need to make more plays. Today's Gator Bites podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, Northeast Florida's leader in orthopedic centers, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and down in St. Augustine. That also includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. Okay, this is a Gator podcast. Former Gator. But we would be remiss <laughs> if we did not bring up the story that happened at about 1 a.m. this morning. Obviously, it's the biggest sports story going on right now. That is the firing of Urban Meyer as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dumpster fire. I almost think that's too kind it's almost hurtful to dumpsters out Poop there. Show, um, a sugar show, as Jeff Prosser mm-hmm. was calling it this morning. Joe, how did this end so badly? This was maybe, and I'm not being facetious here. This was maybe the worst hire in the history of the National Football League. It's in the conversation. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's in the conversation. I have to think about that a little bit, but I'm going to pull it all together. Bobby Petrino, better winning percentage than Urban. Yeah, but still, it ended badly. Agreed. Uh, Lou Holtz up in New York. You certainly could put that one up there because that season did not end uh, well for them or for him. Uh, You can come up with with a few other ones. There have been one and duns. Steve Wilkes, Cam Cameron, these guys, but nothing. Marinelli in Detroit. Yeah, nothing really compares to a guy that, that was ousted the way Urban's been ousted. Right. And and let me just pull it together. If you think about, from a Gators point of view, how quickly Dan Mullen went from favorable to out the door, how McIlwain was gone in a week's time, how Herb left Gainesville going all the way back to 2010, uh, you start adding all this up and then you add this one up. There have been some freaky, freaky ways to end Reigns as a head coach. And for Urban, the unfortunate thing for him, He's going to be remembered for this more than anything else. Three natties, forget about it. He's going to be remembered for the guy who kicked a kicker and was kicked out of Duval. It's just, I feel bad for the city of Jacksonville. I really do feel bad for Shad Khan. I can't help but make this one point. Shad Khan needs to do more due diligence and research and finding out where the flaws are in the next guy that he chooses because he fell in love with Urban Meyer and it's ridiculous that he didn't have some of these telltale signs indicated to him. He was enamored with him. He was. Much like the first time I met you as an intern 20 years ago. I can see the comparison. <laughs> oh, there I you like go. That. I like that. Uh, you know, the thing with Urban, though, is, um, look, I-, I was wrong. I thought, hey, look, hey, I- we were wrong. We were all wrong, yeah, yeah, there collectively. Was yeah. I didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl this year. I had him as a six-win team, and I thought you improve that to eight or nine next year, maybe challenge for a playoff spot. It was a full-blown disaster. I mean, you think about from the hiring of Chris Doyle, which lasted one day. The Tebow stuff, I didn't care about. That did not bother me. 
But the Marvin Jones stuff, the calling the coaching losers, we had Tom Pelissero on who backed up his reporting on NFL Network, doubled down, saying this did happen. The Lambeau stuff, again, innocent until proven guilty. Urban's denying it. But nevertheless, that appears to be the water that broke the dam. Yeah, yeah. As, as Urban was gone hours after that Josh Lambeau report came out. And I wonder if you're a Gator and a Jaguar fan. There were issues with Urban when he left Florida, understandably, in 2010, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think some Jaguar fans might have put the water under the bridge to welcome him to Jacksonville. Yep. But now the way this ended, I mean, where is Urban in the minds of, of Gator well, Nation? It just goes back to good old-fashioned Urban hate now. You just basically, this is whatever this part of his... Uh, coaching resume it doesn't matter now because he didn't accomplish anything in fact he ruined a lot of things and so yeah any gator fan that didn't like him is going to go back to not liking him any gator fan that was uh, supporting him may not support him anymore the one thing about chris doyle which is worth pointing out now in the beginning you're like okay he made a bad decision let's move on but if you put that very first piece of news as a head coach when he very first introduced his staff doyle what was he accused of being a bully now, what is Urban Meyer accused of? And, bo- and basically his undoing, being a bully. Yeah. And that, you can tie the two together. Why in the world did he even look at Chris Doyle in, in Chris Doyle's direction to begin with, with all the controversy that was surrounding him? It's because he thought he could get the guy he wanted, because that's the way he used to get things done. It's, fair, it's worth pointing out. And look, from the Gator coaching staff point of view, Tasha Lapoy, mm-hmm. as of this podcast, is still the Jaguar defensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take a lot of connecting the dots to realize coached with Billy Napier at Alabama. There were already rumors. You would have to think sooner rather than later, Tosh Lapoy is going to be added to Billy Napier's staff. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. And what we heard was a couple of guys, Tyler Bowen maybe looking up to Virginia Tech uh, to join one of his fellow coach mates, and then others starting to look around to maybe look to maybe go somewhere else. I feel bad for a Charlie Strong, yeah. a guy like uh, Charlie who has, I think, has a just a, a, a sparkling resume. For him to have to endure this and kind of put himself right next to Urban Meyer, I feel bad for those guys. Could don't he be, be a guy, Billy Napier? Say, don't yeah. be surprised if Charlie Strong is a guy that Billy Napier looks to, leans on, and maybe brings on his staff. That wouldn't be a bad hire at all. No, if you bring Charlie Strong and or Tosh Lapoy over, and by I think the way, Gator fans would be very happy with at that. At the very least, and this is a conversation from, let me just put it about a month ago, Charlie Strong was interested in the idea of maybe returning to Gainesville. This would maybe be about a month ago. Okay. Okay. That means his conversations with people close to him are saying, you know what? I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep an eye on what's going on there. Who knows? That is Joe Cowart. You get him weekdays along with myself, Matt Hayes, and Leon Searcy on XL Primetime. We'll be back next week. It'll be Christmas week. It'll be bowl week. We'll review the last football game of the year, the UCF Golden Knights, the Florida Gators, Thursday night, the 23rd, in a bowl game that I cannot pronounce. What is it? Gasparilla. Gasparilla Bowl. Won't that be exciting? Joe, appreciate it, my friend. All right, man. Thank you. You can't pronounce Gasparilla? No. Order it the next time you're at a bar. That's not a tough thing to pronounce.